Hello, hello. Today is Monday, March 29th, 2021, and you are listening to episode 11 of DeRosa's Take. And uh, I have two special announcements for the show um, before I get started. And first of all, I want to say Anthony Colasano. This is a first-time guest I have on here, one of my closest friends, my best friends. Um, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. It means a lot. It was literally last minute, and uh, we decided to talk about it together, what we're going to talk about today with the NBA. And so this is cool. You're also welcome to come on more shows um, if you'd like. So thanks again for coming on. Oh, it's always a pleasure. I know I know. originally I was supposed to be on a while back, I think, but I, mm-hmm. feel, I think I had something going on or – I don't know what I don't know what I was doing, but I think it just it didn't work out. It was like it was supposed to be like the sports fever meets DeRosa's take. I think that was supposed to be that episode. Yeah, hey, we did always do it, but it's all, all right. You're a busy man. I yeah, I'm yeah, I'm too busy. That's 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 the sad part. But yeah, and no. second, um, I would like to say happy birthday, mom. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoy it out there. I know it's tough because of COVID and everything, and having to stay. Uh, and being careful, staying inside and stuff like that. But I hope you enjoy your birthday. It's tough that I'm uh, away from home right now with the last semester coming up, but I hope it's a good one. Um, so now, Anthony, we're going to get started on the show. And what we're going to just talk about today is the NBA trade deadline. I'm going to admit, I'll give you my take first. I think it was a good one, and I think uh, it did not disappoint for the most part. And I think it surprised a lot of people. I don't think it was as boring as it was in the past couple of years. How do you feel about it? I agree. I think that, you know, a lot of moves were dealt. Um, you know, they weren't like big name stars, but however, there were a lot of deals to be dealt that it didn't make it kind of uh, a letdown. So, which was good to see. I feel like it was like a mix between like the B-list stars and then kind of the role players or you're kind of just everyday regular players that aren't like superstar elite talent. Because let's be real, I don't think a superstar like elite player has really been uh, traded um, during the deadline in a really long time, um, unless I'm wrong. But uh, but I think overall, I think teams did make some good moves, some shocking moves. Um, players went to new organizations that could help them, you know, uh, improve. It could also de- uh, devalue them, or they just kind of just stay the same. You know, all three of those have happened, and, you know, we'll get into all of that and more, you know, as we continue on with the show. Yeah, of course. And these are more role players, but they still have a – a good part in today's game, even though we do see a lot of all-stars try and team up with each other. And we're going to get into some role players to start off the show and uh, heat up and crank it up as it goes along with the trades and uh, the bigger they get. So the first one that I want to quickly talk about is the Boston Celtics getting Daniel Tice and a lot more. But as of first right now, Daniel Tice goes um, to Chicago. I apologize. Um, and Boston got Mortiz Wagner and Luke Cornett out of this. It was a three-team trade as the uh, Washington Wizards got Daniel Gafford, Chandler Hutchinson. Kind of really not that big of names right there. But I think the biggest one here is Boston getting rid of Tice and Chicago getting him. Um, but they made another acquisition that could put this guy, you know, secondary um, in the big man rotation. So uh, how are you feeling about this? I was honestly kind of shocked. Um you know, Boston, he was a favorite. Uh, a lot of fans liked him. People are already saying, you know, take good care of him while he's gone. So, uh, Anthony, what's your take on this trade? I mean, look, I think Chicago got a really good backup to Vucevic. I mean, I don't think Vucevic really needs the backup. I mean, I have him in fantasy, and this guy's just a machine. Yeah. Uh, never gets injured. 
um, because of the way he plays the game. He's just really kind of just a like low to the basket kind of guy. Isn't really kind of high flying, um, but he does it all. But Daniel Tice, um, you know, he he fills in what he needs to do. You know, he'll get you nine, eight rebounds a game. And, you know, he could spread the floor for a team and provides a good, a good defensive presence. Not a great one, but a good one. Um, but I think this hurts the Celtics because, I mean, I mean, you know, a lot of Celtics fans have been saying it time and time again that, you know, their big men has been an issue, you know, whether it had been they've having Al Horford and then trying to play him at center, but he's more of a four guy. Um, you know, they had Daniel Tyson, Tristan Thompson, but those guys are really kind of not starters. They're both, they were both kind of backup material players. Um, and they would platoon and I guess it didn't really work. So now you, you take out Tice and now it's just Tristan Thompson. And, you know, I, I think they have like, uh, like I think Robert Thomas or they have another, they have another backup who's a third string. who's not going to get moved up to the second string. Um, but I think that look, Boston needs to make some moves, um, to, uh, for, for middleize that front court because, you know, look, they were, you know, on the up and up and now they're kind of on the down. I know Andre Drummond is, oh, he's got to abide with the Cavs. I know the Celtics are looking to sign him, but so are a lot of other teams. Yeah. So I really think they need to push hard. And if it, it doesn't, then Danny Ainge is going to be on the hot seat um, for the moves that he made. And, you know, because the team isn't playing well. I mean, it's a top heavy team with just Tatum and Brown. And after that, they're kind of just eh. Yeah, um, really. And, and Tatum and Brown can be incons inconsistent too, you know? Yeah, so, which I mean, they're young, but yeah, right. They're they're streaky. They're not like a Kevin Durant or a James Harden or or LeBron, where you you know you're gonna get your all right. They're gonna drop like twenty five, six and eight, or forty, twelve and four. You know, one night it'll be like they'll drop like like forty and thirties, and the other night they'll drop like twelve and fifteen. Like you know, you can't have that with superstars, especially with the way that team is built. They need to be on it every night, which is hard for them. You know, being so young, because you gotta remember, Jason Tatum's twenty two. That's all we are. Gosh. Yeah, it's a lot of like, someone like that. And he's been in the league since he was 19, 18. So yeah, he's still relatively young. And um, yeah, for Boston, uh, it shocks me. I mean, I know Tice wasn't much, but he had a presence on the court as well. Um, mm -hmm. And with the return they got, getting Mortiz Wagner and Luke Cornett, okay. But I feel like he could have gotten something out of it if he tried other things. I don't know. I, I want to know what other offers were on the table. Um, but I'm going to move on to another team that I think needs help a lot because of a two-man show, and that goes for the Dallas Mavericks. When healthy, uh, Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis are really doing well, especially Luka with the shot that he has. But Dallas has been, you know, just besides that, they're not relatively uh, known for anyone else. And they go out and they traded away James Johnson and a second-round pick for the acquisitions of J.J. Redick and Nicolo Melli. Now, J.J. Redick is the star of the show here. Um, I know he's old, but they picked up a shooting guard that they needed. Uh, he hasn't been that good with the Pelicans, J.J., and it was kind of funny because moments after he said he wanted to resell in Philly, uh, he went to the Pelicans a couple years ago. Um, it just didn't work out. Redick still got it. If he's on fire, he's on fire. Um, but this, I think, helps the Mavericks a lot. You know, they, they needed the shooting. Uh, I think Luka's got his, you know, step off sometimes and take a breather and Chris stops. He's always injury prone. So uh, how are you feeling about this? I think, yeah, he's getting older, but JJ can provide something for Dallas that they really need if they want to compete in the West. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, JJ Redick is getting older, you know, but he still is a reliable, you know, sniper, which you're right. I think this team does need, I mean, they don't have, 
that great of shooters. I mean, they have okay shooters. Like Dodgers can hit a couple threes, but sometimes he'll get too trigger happy with his shot and start hitting them from way deep. And like his shot sometimes isn't built for that because of one of how slow he gets a shot up and two, it's a really high arcing shot. Um, which actually I, I should just guys at the second point because that can help, but it's really slow for him to kind of get his shot up. Um, and that's not really how his game is played. Um, and you know, Porzingis, like you said, you know, this man's injury prone. You know, he when he's on the floor, he's great, but when he's not, it really hurts. So, you know, he provides an offensive threat, but defensively, I mean, look, the guy's a liability. Um, when he was with Philly, Ryan Rose would always tell me that look, great offensive guy, but was just every time he's on the defensive end, he would just get just destroyed because he can defend anybody. So I think that's the one thing that's going to hurt them in this trade is like their defense a little bit. Um, but I just think it's just a small move for a team that really isn't looking to do much. I mean, look, the Mavericks were supposed to do something great this year. Doncic was the preseason MVP. That's everything's now changed. Um, he's not the favorite and Doncic isn't the favorite anymore. The Mavericks are kind of just floating around in the West. They're probably not going to, go far if they make the playoffs they probably make it to the first round if that and they get knocked out um so you know i think you know mark cuban and then they got some thinking to do they got to kind of restructure the uh the team around dodges and Porzingis because the goal was to have it like it was back in the day with dirk and steve nash but kind of keep them together and not separate them like that'll that like it happened back in the day like 15 years ago but the way it's rolling now and the way the league's shaping with phoenix coming up and the lakers and clippers kind of staying right there um and denver even though they aren't playing well they're still a formidable team um you know with the aaron gordon trade which we'll get into later um you know they need to you know they need to look at themselves in the mirror beyond this and say all right what else can we do for these two guys to make us a better team and to contend in the west um because they're going on like you know they haven't won the championship in 10 years i know you know i know this was pretty recent but you know they're in a big market they haven't really done much since then uh, people say that that finals win was a fluke. Um, yeah, they, they, they earned it. I mean, they earned it. Yeah, but everyone said like, you know, it was kind of just kind of a lightning in a bottle, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they got hot. The story. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I get that. So yeah. That's my take on it. Yeah. Like Dallas just overall, it's fun what they could do on the court. And, um, Last year in the playoffs, there were some controversial calls and injuries to where they could have beaten the Clippers, and they barely uh, c- couldn't, and they couldn't squeak it out. But um, yeah, they, I think Dallas, for some reason, and besides those two players, and they're very um, interesting to say the least. You know, there's there's not much depth going into that team. But another uh, team and transaction I want to talk about, we heard this right when he got traded to Houston. Victor Oladipo has stated that he wanted to be a part of Matt Riley and the Miami Heat organization. And that dream has finally come true. Uh, so we spoke out just like any other superstar in the game today. And Victor Oladipo is now going to be playing for the Miami Heat as the Rockets traded him there. The, uh, the Houston Rockets get Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek, and a 2022 uh, pick that has belonged to the Nets uh, previously. So Oladipo gets his dream. Olenek and Bradley, decent players, but nothing big. Um, I think this is great for both teams, actually, because, look, uh, maybe not the Rockets in a way because they basically traded Harden in a sense for nothing. But for the uh, Miami Heat, the only thing I'm nervous about is the fact that Oladipo, one, is injury prone, and two, if him and Jimmy Butler is going to get along because they both like to have the ball at times, 
I don't know if Oladipo is going to want to play in that kind of system. But hey, if he says he wants to play with Miami, then I think things can easily work out. Uh, for the Rockets, they've lost so many straight. I've lost count. Um, it might even be 18 and counting now, kind of like the Buffalo Sabres in hockey. They're 16 or 17 straight now. Um, so the Rockets, they're, they they pulled the trigger, and they decided, you know what, we're going to blow this up and really start young. And they know Oladipo is going to want to go somewhere. Um, so, yeah, Anthony, how do you think that this trade goes? Are you, do you think Oladipo is going to really fit in with Miami like he's already saying that he wanted to go there? I think I think this helps in for a couple reasons. I think look, Victor Oladipo is a great talent. Um, for a little while, he was the man in Indiana. Obviously, he was a part of that trade uh, that was more focused on Brooklyn getting James Harden, and he obviously had to go to a really struggling Houston team. And he unfortunately was part of that ridiculous drought where they lost twenty straight games. Um, so I think that didn't build well for him. But I think he goes to a team where there's not as much pressure on him. He kind of just you know can sit in, do his role. Um, and he's surrounded with by great players. I mean, we've talked about it before. I mean, it's a new, it's kind of a low key big three with him, Butler, and Adebayo. And you add in the fact that Tyler Hero wasn't in that trade, Duncan Robinson wasn't really in that trade either. So it provides more of a uh, a cushion for him to not be the guy that has to drop twenty five points. It kind of sucks for me because he's on my fantasy team. So and he would always put up pretty good numbers, and so it'll part me in that value. But for the overall team, for the Heat, I feel like they get a great player um, and just add a lot more depth to that team and really puts them back in the conversation. Because before people were writing off this team, you know, they were really struggling. Butler wasn't healthy. He had COVID for a while. Um, and, you know, they just weren't getting it going. And then obviously he came back at a, at a bio, unfortunately, went down. But I think he's back now. But they started getting it going. And now they're really starting to hit their stride. And with him on this team, it just makes them more and more of a contender in the East. And now it has to have Brooklyn, Philly, and Milwaukee worry that, okay, here they come again. And, you know, they've, you know, they've been, they've been to the finals with LeBron. They've been in the finals with this kind of group. So Eric Spolster can kind of, you know, rework his match and then do it all over again. It could be, it could possibly be deja vu all over again. Yeah. And love that point. I'm glad you brought up out of bio because yeah, it is a big three nucleus. I would say this team is strong. I think they're getting, uh, you know, on the right track right now, despite being only a little bit over 500 right now. Um, Tyler Hero, they still kept him. You got Duncan Robinson, so you got your sharpshooters there. Oladipo just brings a lot of depth to the team, too. If Jimmy Butler needs a rest, um, just because he has to and he's not in, uh, you know, game form for that day, you got Oladipo that could just be slotted in. And losing Olenek and Bradley weren't two major um, losses right there. So when it comes to Miami, I do think they won this trade big, big time. And the Rockets, it's, of course, blowing it up and starting all over again. So you could say, Houston, we have a problem. Um, mm -hmm. Another transaction, we're going to go off to L.A. And we're going to go talk about the Clippers as they finally got Rajon Rondo. And the reason why I say that is because he has been rumored to be an L.A. Clipper um, for a while since he was with the Lakers. Um, there was talks that he wanted to get traded there. He talked about signing there. Ultimately, he went to the, uh, I almost called him the Braves, the Atlanta Hawks, and now he just got traded to the Clippers for Lou Williams. Uh, just a 1v1 player exchange here. Now, as a kind of a Clippers fan um, at this point, I, I, I'm i just in disbelief. I mean, I get it. Lou Williams was struggling this season. He, and uh, look, I, I don't understand the trade. You got to. I think we're going to disagree on this because we talked about this over the phone where you like Rondo to the Clippers. 
the fact that they already lost Montrez Harrell to the Lakers, you're losing depth. You're losing a bench piece. Now you trade away Lou Williams for a point guard that's averaging four points if you're lucky. Uh, if he can stay on the court. Uh, I get it. He's a pass-first kind of guy, and if he has his moments, but I don't understand this. Like, Lou Will was that kind of guy off the bench still for the Clippers that provided so much. Like, Anthony, do you really think that this team needed Rajon Rondo for a point guard? You know, um, a, like, do, do you think this is what is the right move for L.A.? Uh, I think it was the right move in the sense of when it was time for playoff basketball because when Rajon Rondo was with the Lakers, he didn't really do much. The moment that the Lakers got going in the playoffs, he was he was all their worldly. Um, his IQ was just through the roof. Everyone saw it, and everyone knew it. Um, and it kind of brought us back to those days in Boston when they won the title back in 08 and were kind of making those little runs from 2008 to 2012. Um, he was a focal point on that team. And so when they when the Lakers made their run again in 2020, um, you know, he was kind of there with Davis and LeBron and Kuzma. Um, and I think, I think the Clippers saw that and realized, okay, we need that kind of presence so that they don't have another 2020 debacle where they just choke again. Yeah. Um, I feel like he's a guy that brings that presence and that, and that leadership to get the team to the promised land. I know Kawhi's a three, uh, you know, he's a two time champion. Um, but you know, he, you know, he, he, you know, you got, you know, the Clippers didn't make it far and, you know, they need, they need some help, I believe with rallying a crew together when you guys are down in the series and the momentum's not going your way. I feel like it can provide that for the Clippers. And ultimately, I think that's why they did the deal. I think it's more the fact that they're looking ahead to playoff basketball um, and looking at that value rather than what he does throughout the season. Um, I think it's more of what he brings mentally um, and intellectually to the game than what he does like physically in terms of um, nobody could do on the court. I feel like you need, they need that mental presence more than anything uh, going into this run of the playoffs in a couple months. I get that. Cause I think stats only can say so much and uh, we got to really look at what guys do uh, off the court in the locker room, just with their voice. And hopefully he could be like that. Unlike Patrick Beverly who runs his mouth in a non great way. So yeah. Um, it just sucks the fact that if they win a title, Lou Williams will not be a part of it. And uh, he did talk about retirement, but he's not going to. He's going to play with Atlanta. He's back home too. So, yeah, this trade, I remember I looked on uh, Instagram. And I just saw it. I was like, oh, all right. You know, I'm just taking a look at the trade deadline. And like two hours later, I see on Twitter, Lou Williams in Atlanta. So weird. I'm like, what? And then I saw that and I was like, wow. So I, I like your take. Right now I'm going to disagree with it just – to see how much he really improves the team. Um, but Lou Will, uh, it's, I'm going to miss seeing him hit game winners and clutch shots a lot for LAC. So um, that would shock me. I would say that. Um, another one, Norman Powell. Yes, Norman Powell has been traded from the Toronto Raptors to the Portland Trailblazers for Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. So Kyle Lowry is staying put, and so did Lonzo Ball for the Pelicans. I forgot to mention that earlier. Um, Anthony. Norman Powell has stated he uh, he was shocked ultimately by the trade, and he said he's going to miss the city the most. Uh, it was a great city, a lot of fun, a lot of things out there. Toronto is really big too, a lot of big fun city. Uh, but for Portland, you know they're getting rid of Ronnie Hood, who really didn't live up to his contract after extending him. Gary Trent Jr. is a decent player, but the Raptors always can make uh, good use out of him and you know make him a good utility guy. So Lowry stays. Norman Powell shockingly is dealt. Um, 
you think this is a good move for Portland? Because I'm kind of just like with the Blazers, you know, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to be like the story for the season, you know, Lillard, McCollum, and in the playoffs, they're just not going to have enough gas to get it done. I mean, I think it's a great move, move for Norman Powell individual. I think he leaves a team where they're kind of struggling. They're obviously not going to make the playoffs. He already, I believe he has a ring. I think he won. I think he was with that team when they so. won in 2019. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, he goes to Portland where, you know, he has a, you know, he's going to, you know, they're probably going to make the playoffs and, you know, a fighting chance. And this is a guy who can drop 20 to 30 points a game. I've seen it. I've seen it happen when, um, like OG Anobi was down and, you know, Siakam has been down, you know, he stepped up and played really well. I feel like that helped his trade value a little more. So they were able to kind of move him. So I think in the long run, I think he's going to be grateful that this trade happened because he's going to go to a contending team. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with Toronto in the next couple of years. It doesn't look very promising with the team they have right now. Um, Pascal Siakam has not looked the same in a while. He had that I mean, breakout year. He wasn't the guy. Kawhi was the guy. And everyone thought, all right, this is the next step. And ever since then, he hasn't really shown up. Yeah. Kyle Lowry getting older. That, um, you know, age is coming up fast. Father time always wins. And I think father time is catching up to him uh, sooner rather than later. And I just think that, you know, they got to rebuild um, that team. So I think for his sake, for his, for his career, um, I think it's a good move for him, but you're right. I think Portland, they're just going to, you know, they'll be in the playoffs, but they'll, you know, they'll probably, they could win round one round two eh, could be up in the air, depending on who they're playing. But I think that's it. But overall, it's a good move for Norman Powell itself. I, I don't think, I think it's an even trade for team wise, but for a player wise, Nor it was a great move for Norman Powell. How come? because because like i said you know it's going to a winning franchise you know right. would you rather be on a losing franchise that's really on the downhill or a winning one yeah, um I get you, know, that. I, you know i know he was i think probably he was getting some you know he was getting more playing time more minutes and i think that might not that that, that might change in portland um unless he might start at the three um and if that's the case then i think it'll, it'll be a great move and i think portland would win the trade uh, because Gary Trent Jr. is just a, a 3 and D guy. That's all he really does. Ronnie Hood, like you said, he hasn't done much in a while, ever since his Utah days, ever since then, he's kind of just kind of yep. been floating around in the league, not really improving on his game. Um, I think Norman Powell's been improving a lot more. I think he's going to continue to improve more and more. Um, I think it's a matter of just him finding more ways to just be a better ball player other than scoring, rather than pat like more passing and, and assisting. Um, and rebounding more because he can drop 30 points a game. I've seen it before, but it's just the rebounds and the assists that he lacks in the most. So if he can improve on that, he could be a force to be reckoned with in this league. And he could really add to that Portland team and make him more of a contender because once they get Nurkic back and hopefully Zach Collins, hopefully gets healthy. I have no idea what that man in his feet. Um, Cause it's like, he can't ever stay healthy. But if those two come back with the three that they have right now, and you have Melo who, Obviously, he's older, but can still provide when he can. Mm -hmm. um, it's a formidable team. It is. It's a pretty complete team at that point. But everything, you know, all the dominoes got to line into effect. Um, but we got three more trades to talk about. And one of them goes back to what we uh, were going to mention. Denver Nuggets getting Aaron Gordon. Gordon won it out. Orlando's blowing it up. And that's the last one we'll talk about later on. Um, but, yeah. So, Denver got Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark for Gary Harris in return. To the magic as well as a first round pick and rj hampton now we've talked about this previously gary harris a good player but he's really struggled this year with denver um not playing well at all 
And as for Aaron Gordon, he provides a good presence along with Nikola Jokic um, and this that team. I really think the Nuggets can make a run, man. Um, I know they're playing average right now, but look, Gordon, he developed a jump shot. He's still got that inside game that we don't see too much today. Um, what's your take on this trade, winners and losers? You know, I think I think the Nuggets were a team that people were shocked by how they were playing because they have Jokic, who is a possible MVP candidate and possible winner. But they're they're just kind of not atop the West, which shocked a lot of people. Um, and adding a guy like Aaron Gordon to a team, um, you know, who could be a high flyer guy, but can also score uh, both in and outside the paint, um, get some rebounds, play some good D. Um, I think it's what the uh nuggets needed and for the people they gave up i mean gary harris has played terrible this season not really you know the the backcourt that we thought it would be with him and jamal murray rj hampton means a rookie he hasn't done much and they gave up a first round pick we'll see what how that pick ends up being but look they get Aaron. i i feel like it's a it's easy a winner for the uh um for the nuggets for sure and i think look orlando's just ready to just they're just blowing it up even more and more. I feel like they got to retool that entire franchise, um, you know. And yeah, I think you know with with Jokic and Murray and him and Otto and not Otto Porter, Michael Porter Jr. Um, right. You know, it just makes them that much more better. And hopefully, he can provide something for them so that they can get hot and really get into that upper echelon of the West. But obviously, yeah. you know, Magic. We're not done talking about them yet because I think the next two I think involve them too. Am I right? Yes, you are. The last two we got involved, the city of Orlando. So the first one, we won't get into the big one till uh, last. So the first one goes uh, with Evan Fournier going to Boston. Um, I think this is a big move. Uh, in exchange, Orlando gets two second-round picks um, uh, from Boston. Evan Fournier, he's been really good. He's averaging almost 20 points a game um, this season. Uh, really good sh uh, sh scorer. He's been, you know, Building up his potential the whole time he's been with the Magic, so he's only gotten better and better. Now his role might decrease um, a little bit in Boston, but for a shooter that they need, I think this is great. Um, really good three-point shooter, just a good shooter overall with a good shot, um, good stroke to the game. You know, I, I think this puts a lot of tension off Tatum and Brown, like we talked about. This might even put uh, some tension off Kemba Walker. Um, if you need, because 40 is kind of small for his size. So he could play, I think, the one or the two if he has to. Um, so I really like this move a lot. And you can just tell, clearly tell uh, the Magic are just ready to tank for the first pick. Yeah, I think they are. They're ready to tank. They want the number one pick. They want to restart and restart fresh. And look, 40 is a great pickup for the Celtics. It's not a game-changing pick, however. Um, because it's not a big man, which I've said before earlier on the show, that's what they needed and that's what they needed to trade for. However, yes, it does provide more of an offensive uh, power for them in the guard position because Kemba Walker I really has been playing well, excuse me, ever since that signing and the injuries has not been the same guy like he was with Charlotte. Um, so hopefully they're trying to offset that a little bit by bringing in Fournier. But Fournier has had his injuries, his fair share of injuries this season. Um, you know, he's been out a couple times with us with some back issues, knee issues a couple times. So, um, it can be a risk for them. Um, I personally don't understand what Danny Ainge is doing because he yeah. really needs a big man and he didn't go after that. Yep. It is because of what they were asking for. I don't think he had the assets to give up, um, for that because at one point they had all the assets in the world. You know, the Celtics looked like they'd be the force to be reckoned with. They had the talent and they had the assets to do whatever they wanted. 
And then over over time, it's kind of changed pretty quickly, as a matter of fact. So, um, but yeah, I mean, look, Fournier is a great, you know, he's a great player. You know, he's averaging 19 points a game, 38% from three. Um, you know, he could play some good defense, but I just think they just needed, uh, they just needed a center. I mean, it's a good, I mean, it's a good trade. They didn't give up too much. Um, but you know, Dane Ace didn't do his job and get what the team needed, which was a center. So I want to really mainstay the inside game and overall just help Jalen Brown and, t- um, Jason Tatum, uh, be better yeah. ball players. Especially with the East having such big name centers. I mean, Andre Drummond is going to be on the market. Um, whether he goes west or east, we don't know. You have Joel Embiid when he's healthy, playing out of his mind. So mm-hmm. the center uh, and the big man game in general in the East is just loaded. I feel yeah, like, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, look, Joel Embiid, MVP front runner. We'll see how he plays when he comes back from injury. You know, I think he came back. I'm not sure. I might be wrong. Um, but you know, I mean, look, Milwaukee, Brook Lopez. Changed his whole game, his whole career is not, but he could still dominate inside, but he could easily spread the floor and hit some threes when he needs to. I mean, look at the Nets. I mean, look, we got rid of Jared Allen. I didn't want to give him up, but look, DeAndre Jordan, formidable center, you know, mainstay guy in the paint. And Nick Claston, you know, a lot of people don't know, but Nick Claston was our was our top, uh, not a top dropper, but he was our first round pick uh, last year. He obviously didn't play because he had some knee, he had all he had knee issues going on. But he's been playing a lot this season. He's been playing pretty well. Um, I'm liking what I'm seeing from him. And so he's another formidable big guy, too, that the Nets are looking to groom and really improve upon. So I watch out for him. So, you know, when you got all those three teams, you know, really having, um, you know, really good big men on their team, it just makes Boston look that much more weaker. And also look at the Knicks, too. The Knicks have Julius Randle. You know, possible, you know, he could be in the talks for MVP. I don't think he's going to win. No. The most player people are saying that I don't think he's going to win. I don't think he should win because of the fact that Jerry Grant is improving much more drastically oh, than, yeah. than than Julius Randle is. That's just my take on it. Um, even though Julius Randle is having a phenomenal season, I'm not taking anything away from that. I'm just thinking of the most improved players. Like you improve drastically from one season to another, and you know Julius Randle's he has, but like not really. It's all. It was there. Like, if anything, it should have been last year. He cut. He that was his best chance to win it. If he wins it this year, that'd be great. But uh, but look, they have him and they have Nerlens Noel too, and Mitchell Robinson, who's you know coming back pretty soon too. Mm-hmm. So you know, Boston really needs to look at themselves in the mirror and be like, all right, we need a big man because you know you know we just did the sports. You know we you know we you know we had the sports fever episode a couple of days ago, and Chris said, look, back to the basket doesn't win ball games anymore which is true but you still need some guy in the paint you do. to pull down the anchor you do it's not like you can't have anyone you know even the warriors when they were really good shooting and every which way they could they still had reliable big men like andrew bogut zaza pachulia that just knew what to do when they were on the court and it's not all about scoring but it's just about being a big guy down low stopping scoring and doing anything you can to help the team Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that take a lot. And last but not least, we're going to be talking about a big man that is going off to Chicago to help out Zach Levine. Nikola Vucevic goes from the Orlando Magic to the Chicago Bulls as he, along with Al Farika Mino, go to Chicago. Orlando gets Wendell Carter Jr., uh, Otto Porter, and two first-round picks. Zach Levine has already said he's very excited. Uh, it's an upgrade. People think it's like a diss to the former players, but look, like, that kind of stuff happens. If I if if I was a player and I saw Nikola Vucevic come to our team, I would say like, hell yeah, you know, like that's amazing. 
So I don't mind what Levine said at all. And he's getting some hot, you know, heat, like high heat for that. But um, that doesn't make sense for me. But Nikola Vucevic, an absolute machine, like you said. The man goes for 20 and 10 without even trying. Great outside game. Great inside game for his height at seven feet. Um, Alfred, uh, Alfred Amino passed his day, but I guess he can serve that three-point shot that he's got. Um, and as for Orlando getting Wendell Carter Jr. and Otto Porter, yeah, they get two first-rounders out of it, but I think that's the best thing that they got compared to Porter and Carter. Um, to me, Otto Porter is average, really not that great, and Wendell Carter Jr. has not lived up to his hype that I always heard about him getting the day he got drafted. Uh, so I think Chicago really has improved with this. Uh, him, you know, Levine's no longer on his own island doing his own thing. He's going to actually get help from a really good player. And I think, you know, people are underestimating the Bulls. They got Kobe White, Lori Markkinen went healthy. Um, so I think the Bulls are going to be really exciting in the future and uh, quicker than we actually think. So, uh, Anthony, give me your take before we end the show. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, this this is a Bulls team that people wrote off and they flipped it 180 real fast. I feel like Zach Levine had a lot to do with that because of his improving even more as a player. Um, and look, you're adding Vucevic, who is a who I I believe is the third best center in the league. You know, I definitely put Jokic and Embiid ahead of him for sure. But right there, I think right after that, you got to go with Vucevic. Um, you know, he's a guy that you know has been averaging 20 and 10 for a, for a long time. You know, his, 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 his mid-range and three-point game has really evolved. It's really shown this season. Um, and he's just a good – he's just he just does his job. Yeah, that's what you need. And like you said, Wendell Carter Jr. hasn't really improved or really taken that step where he's consistently averaging those double-doubles or those 2010s. It has happened like a couple times, but it's not happening as consistently as people want it to happen. So I don't think they want it to wait any longer. And and when you have a guy like Vucevic who you're able to trade for on a team-friendly deal, as I'm reading now, that he has two years left worth $46 million in total, that's not bad. No. Um, especially especially in the league we're at today where, where guys are raking in 40, that his total in one year. Um, yeah. So it just it it helps them. I think I think it's I think it's good for Vucevic. I think he'll I think it'll motivate him even more because he's no longer in this Orlando. Because I just think he's been in Orlando for forever and ever and ever, and they yep. haven't got anywhere. So I think now with the Bulls, it's a fresh start. It's a new team, and they can and they and they can make some noise. I don't know about this year, but definitely next year they can definitely build on it with the pieces that you said that they have, and with Billy Donovan as their head coach. You know, obviously he was with the Thunder. Um, obviously he, you know, he coached in college pretty well, um, at the NCAA level in division one, but yeah, I feel like, look, they're on the rise. They just got to just keep building this chemistry, start forming the core. And I think they're going to be ready to rock and roll in 2022 for sure. Yeah, totally agree. Um, but that's that we got through most of it, you know, most of the big time names, but Kyle Lowry and Lonzo ball are staying put. And otherwise than that, it was a great trade deadline. In my opinion, a lot of talks about it. And I'm glad I got to talk about that with you today, Anthony. Um, so I want to thank you again for coming on uh, this episode of The Rose's Take. And, of course, you as well as everyone listening, you are more than welcome to come on, whether you text me, email me, uh, tweet me out, or anything like that. You know, um, Just send me a message and we can work things out. So, Anthony, um, thank you again, my guy. Anytime, Don. You know I love you. Yep. It was a pleasure to be on. It was a great trade day, trade trade deadline. I feel like it was a trade deadline for my fantasy team because I have Norman Powell, Victor Oladipo, and Nikola Vucevic all on my team. Wow, that's gonna be step up right there, man. Oh, 
Yeah. I, and so it kind of helped me because I've had, because yeah. Norman Powell now goes to Portland, which tells me because I don't have two Toronto players. Because you always want to have different players on different teams. You don't want to have too many players on the same team. So it kind of yeah. helped me in that sense. But uh, but yeah, I enjoyed being on the show and you know, I can't wait to be on in, in the future. You know, definitely, you know, when baseball hits their stride, we're midseason or getting to the good, getting to the dog days of summer, whatnot, it'd be good to come back on and talk yes. some baseball with you. You know, we'll have a lot to talk about that. Maybe there's a little hint here. I'm thinking about you and a couple others, aka uh, Googs that we like to call them. And uh, if Sean would like to, any other baseball fans too, um, during the first week or so, we might definitely get into baseball talk. What we expect throughout a little bit into the season, what we hope for, and everything like that. So, Anthony, thank you again. And uh, for everyone else listening, that's all I have for you guys this Monday afternoon. For more updates on my podcast, feel free to follow me on Twitter at Take. And tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. for new episodes. And also, watch the YouTube versions as well if you want a little bit of a video format um, rather than just having to listen on Spotify and um, other uh, platforms. So thank you guys again. Thank you, Anthony. And uh, I'm out, guys. Peace.